Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the AltMed podcast. With me as always, Mitch Kurtz in the co-host seat. And Hello. from live from the sunny Queensland nursery farm, I don't know what we're calling it, but we have the founder of Standard Botanic. It's Adam Benjamin. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks, uh, Andrew and Mitch. Uh, congratulations. Your your series, the AltMed, uh, wonderful series. Really good to hear about uh, all the innovations and um, movement in the Australian uh, cannabis industry. No, thank you, Adam. It's, it's uh, yeah, we're, we love doing it. We love meeting people through it. And um, yeah, great to actually finally have a, a chance to chat because I did see um, just overnight the the article um, that popped up in, in Cannabis about all the exciting stuff that you're doing. And I am keen to, to talk about all that and, and sort of unpack um, a bit of a discussion around genetics and cultivation. But before we launch into that, let's find out how you launched into the medical cannabis industry. What's your background and, and how did you come to be standing on a farm in Queensland on a video call to us? Uh, well, look, your timing's impeccable. I mean, I guess the short answer to that is really luck, but um, really the longer answer is, uh, is um, you know, medical cannabis has emerged in Australia. We know this is a strong sort of patient-driven industry, but it happens to be in the sweet spot where good agriculture meets good healthcare in Australia. And, and we're good at those things. And so um, having, like many other people, I guess, in, in this industry who've gravitated to the medical cannabis uh, cultivation or manufacturing space um, there was a personal story you know we had very close friends many years ago um, he, he passed away he's an eight-year-old sunshine coast boy had terminal cancer um, and um, medical cannabis before it was legalized although this was a law-abiding family I heard of the benefits to Sam and so I vowed out that all the other Aussie Sams out there, uh, once licensing came to play, they would be helped. But I guess if you look at all the cannabis industry in Australia to date, um, really, I would say that's a forward-facing industry. They are all geared up to, hopefully, to help the patient. It's the patient's well-being. It's the patient's health that counts the most. But over the last five years, having been a pioneer of one of the cultivating companies, the first fully licensed in Australia, I thought, well, who's helping the industry? So out of that standard, Botanic was born to address what I would call the holy trinity. Um, really, uh, the, the yield on, on uh, plants, so the, the yield, the, the quality and profile, if you like, and most importantly, the consistency, because I, I guess you've had enough people on your, your podcast. Um, anyone can grow cannabis. Growing cannabis well really takes uh, the right combination of skills. So Standard Botanic was uh, and is the first um, cannabis nursery dedicated to service those licensed cultivators to give them good quality Aussie stock of plants. Now that's great. So effectively, are we talking, I mean, are you sort of building a seed bank or like what is, I guess, the scope of, uh, of what you're doing at Standard Botanic? Yeah, look, it's a good question. Um, I know there are a lot of seed banks out there and I guess uh, plenty of the customers or cultivators in Australia will seek things from overseas. We're really looking to the economics. I love hearing that a lot of the cultivators and businesses are there to provide affordable access to, to cannab cannabinoid medicine. I mean, that's a great um, aim. But I do believe that as a cultivator in Australia, you need to be very firmly and strongly focused on the economics of what you're doing there. Now, a lot of us, you know, if you've been at the coalface, know the importance of the quality 
of the plants going into that. So looking at a return on your asset, in other words, the yield of your plants, we know the customer profiles out there in Australia, you guys know the stats. So particular profiles are very important. And I think most importantly, actually from the feedback I'm getting from, from most of the cultivators, consistency. So really we are here as a, a cloning business uh, at scale, we'll be producing thousands of cuttings to fit into the programming of, of uh, our cultivators. Some will need them on a weekly, bi-weekly, uh, program others will be every quarter so so to, the short answer to your question is um, we own our own elite genetics uh, and we provide them uh, in thousands in cloned form so that that scalability can support our growers uh, in their ways to, to grow the flower the premium end of the market right so you essentially have a, a, a licensed facility that you grow clones for people to for, for companies to, to start with genetic material is that the, the process right. right they can grow ours under license excellent and then so how um the obvious question is how did you get the elite genetics where's give us the give us the story look it's great and i love i mean you're right it's always the story um so look again um and you led from the top how did i get into this really there was a fair bit of luck so you know 20 years ago traveling the world after school found my way to Europe and, and Amsterdam and I don't know if you've traveled overseas if you have typically when you hear an Aussie accent overseas there's a sort of an immediate connection not all the time um, but in Amsterdam I happened to connect with people at the time I didn't realize who I'd connected with and one of them was uh, Neville Showmakers and uh, and I knew um, actually I was reading quite an interesting book years later um, by Howard Marks Mr Nice I'm not sure if you've read it amazing read I didn't quite realize who I was meeting with, but it turns out Neville is one of the godfathers of these genetics, really. These, what I would call godfather strains. And, uh, and so um, I, I guess on a handshake, not knowing where it would go, some 20 years later, we fa fast forward, these, uh, these genetics were held, privately held, uh, in, in obviously regulated, licensed um, uh, jurisdiction overseas. And uh, some year, year and a half ago, when I was like, with Standard Botanic, I pulled the trigger, brought them in, and um, hopefully we can give those Aussie growers now access to these Godfather strains. Right. So, are there any insights into the the specific strains that you you've got access to, or is it um, is that a little bit under lock and key? Oh, look, of course, there's proprietary information, but it is a good point you raise. I mean, we do hear about a lot of these exotic strains. I think the important thing. Um, that I'm seeing in terms of what people are trying to import from these seed banks for, for you know, really it's a lottery um, with seeds. Um, you know, it's like having parents, mum and dad, same seeds, different children. And so we really wanted to fast track, you know, we talk about sort of, yes, the, um, if you call the elite profile, again, that holy trinity, the yield, the profile, and most importantly, particularly in the medical space, the consistency, the intergenerational consistency. That is important. And I know you guys have already indicated it's always tempting and good to talk about, you know, certain profiles. But I do think there's also just a timeline. The importance of the timeline in Australia is we see international markets opening up. And really, we are great at growing plants in Australia. We know that 
over 52.5% of the world's opiates for medicine are grown in Australia. We do this well. So my view is if we are going to be able to achieve this in the cannabinoid medicine space, time is, is of the essence. So whilst, yes, we are proud of, of the elite genetics, we've got really getting access for the Aussie grower so that instead of having to endure that development cycle, import seeds from wherever, take a lottery, go through your first grow, work out which strains you want, rinse, repeat, test your, your plants, then go for intergenerational. But you can see these things take 12 to 24 months. And yeah. so we really want to say to a grower, a licensed grower, hey, look, you've got everything up and running. You know, you've got your license. You actually need access to, to plants proven up with data that will get you into a commercial harvest within three months of taking stock of our material. Yeah, no, it's 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 a real, it's a great um, initiative because it's it is a missing piece. We've heard about the, you know, obviously Australia has, um, as as it should, um, very strict controls around, um, you know, the quarantine uh, and you know, making sure that phytosanitary certificates are supplied for any imported um, plant material. Um, but of course, you know, these, these things then yeah, do take time. And so the, the thought that a licensed producer in Australia could actually, you know, look inward um, domestically for, um, for supply of, of genetic starting material is, um, is a huge boost. I know there was some um, genetics research. I think it was happening through Agriculture Victoria um, out at La Trobe. It might still be. Um, but I, I don't know whether or not... Um, any of that was really just for research purposes, whether that was being opened up. So I think having a, a commercial venture in Australia that where people know they can actually just, um, you know, contact someone to, to get that is, is a, a great leap forward for the industry. Well, well thank you. I mean, obviously I, I agree. Um, and look, there will be research and, and whatnot on the, in the background. Um, but I think again, you know, time is of the essence. Um, again, whilst it's really altruistic and lovely to be in the business for a grower or a manufacturer to provide affordable access, which ultimately they will be doing. It's critical that they're looking at the economics, the cultivators looking at being profitable. You've got to be profitable. Um, so that you've got longevity in this business. And that's really where we come into it to say, look, at a commercial standpoint, um, these are the profiles that, that you need if you want to choose them and you want to go down a, you know, a, 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 an array of these things, that's for you. If you've singled out a certain part of the market, you know, obviously you're welcome under licence to, to use our genetics. But you're quite right. There, there is, there is um, huge opportunity. Um, and, you know, yes, there is some good research being done. Um, um, I've seen it at the coalface. My own experience, you know, we're very fortunate, 2017, one of the first cabs off the rank uh, as a license holder. And, and I've seen this many times. It's interesting, you know, um, Mitch, you, you sort of talk about the story and, and often it is the story because uh, there's a lot of experts. Everyone seems to be an expert in this space, but actually the story here is, you know, I've, I've contacted a lot of the, the top guys. You've interviewed all these guys in terms of the cultivation businesses. I've said to them, what's your wish list? If you could have an ultimate wish list of the plants you were growing, tell me what's the important parts. And they always talk about the potency, the strength and the and, and, you know, profile of the plants, whether it's the cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids. We, we know about these things. They then go on about yield. Of course, highest yield, maximum yield per square meter. We know they're driving to the, the economics, but they very quickly also include consistency. So again, it's that what I would call the holy, the holy trinity. You've got the, the profile, you've got the yield, 
and you've got the consistency. So we all know this, but then when I talk to, talk to them about, well, where are you at? And you know, actually what's your number one in reality? They all talk about consistency. If only they had consistent premium flowers every single harvest. And so we know, we know in Australia, we know as to your point, Andrew, yes, we have some very um, strong and firm biosecurity laws in, into Australia. I think that's a double-edged sword. It's wonderful because yes, only the best stuff gets into Australia, although it's very difficult, um, but as an export country, it's wonderful. We, we are one of the trusted sources for good agriculture and good medicine. Um, but on the TGA and the therapeutic side of things, we know that the tolerances for variation in Australia and absolutely overseas are very tight. So our proposition to a cultivator is, of course you need good yield, of course you need the right profiles, but gee whiz, you need very consistent quality plants coming through so you can bank on your premium flower. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's the, yeah, the stabilized genetics piece is just something that will come, I think, more for Australian growers. But, you know, we're such a nascent industry that you are going to get considerable variability. It's, it's definitely a point that other um, agronomists and cultivators that we've had on, on the podcast have, have described. And, and so that's obviously a huge piece. I think as well, even when you have that holy trinity of yield, profile and stability, the the other thing that I think is missing is that we seem to have a lot of, yeah, a lot of companies in Australia um, using manufacturing um, methods and techniques, which I'm sure, you know, fit within GMP, but, you know, don't necessarily preserve volatile plant compounds. And so, you know, the kind of the richness of a given strain can to some extent be um, be removed if um, if the plant isn't sort of manufactured with greater care. So it's anyway that that's just that's a, a good point. No, yeah. I totally agree. And I know uh, you know you speak to enough people who know what they're talking about in terms of the entourage effect and the whole plant medicine. I think that's the beauty. Really, we know that as a multiple of you know, say extract or any of the other forms of, of um, sort of uh, administration in terms of medical cannabis prescriptions, we know premium flower com commands a multiple. We know it com commands, a, you know, a, a multiple of 10 plus over any other agricultural crop. It is the number one profitable crop by a factor of a lot. So, mm -hmm. and, and the beauty to your point is you can't play with the flower by the time it gets to the laboratory in terms of its profile, you had to get it right when it was growing. You had to have the right genetics. Exactly. So I completely agree with you there. I also like that, um, you know, I don't have a, a view particularly on big pharma and all of this sort of business, but I do think that's why cannabis has been successful. It's the sort of the little engine that could, I mean, aside from it's just got this wonderful application across different strains and, and different formats. Um, you can't, big pharma, no science lab, can, can, can compete with a flower at mm. this stage. So I think that's where I'm really appealing to the Aussie growers and the cultivators who are now licensed. We know there's almost a hundred of them, um, but you've got to think, well, why at you know, six years into this industry, why are less than sort of 15 cultivators actually growing? And why is 95% of all the flower and other products in Australia imported? Well, my view is, you know, part of the, as you say, the missing piece is access to good quality uh, genetics. So, so really yeah. we're sort of here saying, look, 
you know, great, you want to be involved. I assume a lot of your listeners, that's why they're listening, you know, that they're interested and they've done their research. Um, but I say as a cultivator, if that's where you want to specialise, then that's what you should be very good at. Don't try and do all of the things. I think to your point, yes, it's a nascent industry, but six years in, we're starting to see people sort of move so that they sort of think, well, look, the vertical integration model, sure, a few people have pulled it off, but actually I'm a good, good farmer. Uh, and when we do see we, the cavalry's arrived, big farmers have decided to carve off a little bit of their farm, whether it's an avocado or a tomato farm, and they want to move into this space. And if you talk to normal, traditional farmers, 99% of the time, they do not run their own nurseries and their own, you know, propagation units. They just call up, they say, hey, look, I've got 150,000 tomatoes to plant this weekend. I need the rootstock. So we're really trying to proposition standard botanic in what I would call mainstream agriculture as cannabis fast becomes the, the ninth major agricultural crop in the world and certainly the most profitable, particularly when you look at premium flour. So did, did, you, import, um, did you import seeds or did you import mother plants originally? No, initially, uh, you know, quite some time ago, it had to come in through seeds. Um, but, but it is a good question. So um, aside from, you know, growing seeds and going through all the trials and tribulations that any cultivator would go through, um, the, the track record um, of importation, I don't know if you're aware, but of any company in Australia that's tried to import live cannabis plants in Australia, and there's really not very many, half of them have died in quarantine. Mm -hmm. So... You know, we're trying to say to the, the growers out there, look, there's probably only so much risk you can take um, before you probably should look to, to some assistance, whether it's just on the supply chain of things. We know there's obviously a lot of smart guys, a lot of smart growers, a lot of smart facilities. But uh, yeah, we started there. Um, and, you know, many, many, many generations later, um, we've shored it up. And I think it's a good point you may be making. I'm not sure if it's my segue or it's yours. It's wonderful to think about the elite nature of genetics and, you know, again, going to that holy trinity, uh, high yield, uh, the right profiles and clearly consistency is very, very important. But I think the important, the other important aspect to this um, is really the data that you wrap around particular genetics. We all know that specific genetics respond differently to, to their inputs, whether it's light, nutrients, water, all the environmental conditions. So for us, it's very important to say to our customer, customers, hey, look, this is, this is for us to help you with the data we've collected. We will give you on our, we've developed a, um, to date, I haven't seen too many of these. Um, so we've, we've developed what we call the standard grow platform. Really, it's a data platform that allows all our customers to share, if you like, the optimal way to grow our specific genetics, which, I think and I hope is very helpful to our customers. But actually, um, if you imagine we have, you know, and we will have many customers down the track, every customer is, all, is in a unique environment. Nobody's in the same greenhouse or in the same latitude and certainly around Australia. And I know you've, you've interviewed plenty of people that talk about the differences of how plants respond. So really our data platform allows, if you like, multiple experiments to go on. So as a customer, you can elect to join our data platform. You're welcome to use our data. But should you need to benefit from other data we've collected, 
de-identified you know, from other customers or other environmental conditions. And I'll give you an example. Let's say you're already growing one of our strains really well. You've got it in a greenhouse. You're situated in Victoria. You've decided you want to move into maybe using CO2 and you hear it's you know, worth, worth using. Now, we may well have another customer who's already gone down that route with CO2 on the same genetics as you're using. So that standard growth program, you can look at the, the cost benefit. And you can say, gee, you know, the yield on this or, or the increased, you know, these are things we want to be able to offer our cultivators to make informed decisions without having the risk and certainly the, the money outlay before they jump into it. So, so I'm quite excited about that side of it. I, I really like that. Sorry, can I just say, I, I, um, I think the, yeah, the obvious hurdle potentially there is just whether in the spirit of competition, companies will be sharing that. But I hope they do, because I think it would provide almost like a blueprint for the entire country to see, you know, what grows well here, you know, which, you know, under these particular conditions, this was the the result or the outcome. So it almost would be a bit like a, now goodness, it feels strange saying this as an atheist, but a bit of a Bible to, um, to growing in Australia. Um, so I, I hope there is actually uptake with that. I think it's a great, great idea. Well, thank you. Thank you. Look, look, you're quite right. You know, every customer will have its own um, needs and perhaps, you know, needs for, for privacy. But I kind of think of it and I won't be, you know, I'm not an Apple or an Android or whatever sort of guy. I happen to be used, you know, Apples. And if you ever see with Apple Analytics, you don't have to share your data. You don't want to share it. You don't have to. As a customer, you don't want to share it. You don't have to. You're welcome to use our data. But should you be sharing you can benefit from the improvements from yeah. everyone. So, yeah. so, so I do, I, you know, as you say, hopeful, but it is totally up to the customer's prerogative. It, yeah. it does. It does beg the question, though. Is some you imagine some companies would want to grow proprietary strains or choose phenos that were individual to their company because going on the data of somebody else's crop would mean that you're producing the same crop, limiting the amount of difference. I imagine if you were trying to, to create something new. So how do you combat that scenario? If, if somebody comes to you and says, I, you know, I want a unique strain, um, how many strains do you offer and how do you do crossbreeds? I'm, I'm so interested in, in, in the breadth of, of, of the service you offer. Yeah, look, the profiles are the obvious ones, obviously, you know, the high THC and the high CBD, low THC, and then obviously the one-to-one. -one. So we have what we think will meet the market and we have a fair range of them. But it is a good point you raise because um, I, I can only suggest that I guess the way we de uh, deliver to our customers, aside from the benefits of fast-tracking their commercial cultivation by, by considerable timelines, sure. is um, we, we don't dictate to them we don't say hey you've got to brand your standard botanic you know xyz or or whatever the recreational names that everybody wraps around bruce banner pineapple express you don't have to do this if you are big on developing your own brand and your own marketplace uh, in the flower space go for it that's totally up to you if you are big on using our plants because you also you happen to believe that the yields are so good that it'll work for extraction you know we have very high cbd outdoor crops um, should there be companies, we know there are in Tasmania and so on, who are working in the broad acre space. So you, look, you're right. And we do have to consider each customer's needs. Um, but I don't see, uh, look, 
I would think that if customers or, or growers were that caught up in, in protecting a, a particular genetics, which we know they are in terms of any big company in the world who's been able to sufficiently develop their own genetics, they never share it. This is why I'm basically turning the market on its head. I'm saying, no, Standard Botanic will be sharing across the board with licensed cultivators. Um, so we know that there isn't a lot of sharing amongst those who develop their own genetics in-house. But if you think about, again, the seed banks out there, plenty of the US brands and names and breeders, not that they can get it out of the US, but if you're gonna bring it in from Canada or you know, Holland or maybe Spain, everybody jumps on the same you know, white widow. Everybody's got white widow. And when they bring in the lottery of white widow and they think, hang on, it doesn't, it's not reading the same profile as what he told me. Um, and it's interesting, again, to your point of the stories. I talk to these seed banks over there. You know, it's quite funny. They much prefer, particularly the ones in, uh, in Holland, they much prefer the underground recreational grey market, whatever you want to call it, to the mm. corporate guys. And I'll tell you why. Not because, you know, of the regulatory burdens, although that is very high for them, but because they're not producing consistent. their seeds. It's not their fault. So I'm not so sure. I mean, again, yes, you may be right. We're going to have to consider, you know, case by case. But if you're a company here that's using our genetics and you brand it, you know, Mitch's, you know, marvelous, you know, <laughs> that's up to you. Um, whereas if you just want to enter into a wholesale agreement, and that's part of what Standard Botanic wants to help customers with, um, we've got a number of offtake agreements that, again, if you want to choose it because that's all you want to do, be a grower then we can facilitate that pipeline as well. So I'm not saying we do it all for everyone, but, but really my premise is we just want to focus on being a really good supplier so that you can focus on being a really good grower and beyond if that's what you really want to do. Um, so we're really trying to focus on that core strength, providing yeah, good genetics. Fantastic. And, and so I'm, I'm just curious how... Because I'm obviously very deep in the in the genetics uh, kind of timelines and, and conversation. I'm curious um, the part where you said you imported seeds from from um, that were being held for Neville. Obviously, Neville's been in Australia was in Australia since about 2003 mm -hmm. um, until he passed um, in 2019. So that would that did, they didn't come from Neville. They came from somebody who was holding his seeds in Holland. Is that the case? He was, that's right. He was holding them for me, but obviously he was back in Australia. But as you know, he's got family. He's certainly got a lot of friends uh, as mm -hmm. the godfather of genetics um, back over in Holland um, and, and plenty of other jurisdictions. I mean, you probably know, you probably know more than me in terms of, you know, things were going out into the US, um, things were going all over the world. Um, but my view was, you know, look, there's going to be a lot of compliance and regulatory, you know, hurdles to jump through. This must be held over there in the right jurisdiction until it can come into Australia. Um, but um, I guess, fortunately, um, you know, remember they've been growing it over there and in other jurisdictions that uh, they kind of know what they've been doing there. So I guess we were able to fast track and yes, you're right. Unfortunately he passed away in 2019, but he's still got family. He's still got family. So yeah. Yeah, I mean they were they were growing it here originally, <laughs> back before before the Dutch years, you know, in the in the eighties, uh, early eighties, and that. So well, well, that's right. And he actually, I know, you probably know more of his history than I do, but but you know, he's very much had a Queensland. Uh, there's been Queensland. We know about the Western Australia side of things. 
Um, so, so I guess, look again, and whilst I wish I knew more really into, I'm not a plant guy. I've had to learn as quick as I can because I see the business merits of being a supplier to the Aussie growers. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, aside from the business merits and, and you know, this, this would be nothing new to you or your audience. It's all about the data. It's all about being able to back up, you know, everybody. If you imagine everybody would be saying, yeah, well, my genetics are wonderful. It's about that the, the proof is in the pudding. You've got to have the data. And I do believe that that standard growth platform uh, is an integral part of assisting these, these cultivators. Because as you know, and there's some very public sort of uh, displays of, you know, one crop, two crop failures, um, I won't name names. I mean, a lot of good companies come out of Victoria, but you know, 80 something cycles later, why are you still in research and development? So, so good on them because I agree with you long-term, but short-term when you're a company that's now licensed uh, and you're burning one, two, $300,000 a month and you're staring down the barrel of 12 to 24 months of, you know, a development phase of importing this lottery of seeds and, you know, again, going through these cycles, I figure our proposition is here, look, have access. And again, within three months of our delivery to you, you will be in commercial harvest and we'll show you with data to back it up how to do this optimally. If you want to improve on that, love you too. No, that's great. I, um, yeah, I definitely, I, I just, yeah, it really is the, the missing piece. In terms of the, um, I guess, the site where you are, can you tell us a little bit? I know there's rules around um, not identifying particular place but the actual um you know the setup that you have is it have you got a few greenhouses and um what's it like up there yeah look whilst it's you know we're very fortunate as you can see in the background it's a beautiful day um we, we, for us um what, what's mostly important is the um of course the data but the sanitized you know sanitary conditions so we do it indoors mm. um just being fortunate that uh, where, where we, we do it provides that um, very important that, you know, intergenerational um, sanitized plants, um, you, you know, other aspects to the business, whilst, you know, we believe delivering these, these plants in scale. Um, so we will be scaling up in the next, uh, in the next few months to make sure that probably Q3, Q4 this month, uh, this year, um, as customers demand, thousands of cuttings will be able to meet that demand. But we're very interested in, you know, hearing from potential customers now so we can fit in with their timelines. So, yeah, fortunately, as, as, a, as a facility, we've been able to get up and running. Um, I, and I learned a lot over the last five years. Um, but, uh, you know, the next phase of the business, which we're very excited about, maybe another podcast, who knows, is the tissue culture space. Um, because, again, my view is this is just going to be mainstream ag and most mainstream ag uh, at scale looks to tissue culture. So, so we're very fortunate. We've got one of the lead um, people out of the US, a uh, wonderful person, again, I'd have to say it's mostly luck, but hopefully, uh, you know, a lot of what we haven't seen in Australia in terms of disease and virus and things that you can see running through the US, running through Canada, give us as a country an advantage. We're not busy having to solve viruses that are here yet. So our view is we need to move this into a micropropagation facility um, so that we can step it out at scale and certainly sanitised. And again, you would have plenty of uh, people you've interviewed in terms of genetic drift and all their views. Mm -hmm. um, but but this is something we, we're really moving fast on as well. No, no I think very, it's yeah, very pioneering. 
it's a great turnkey option for a lot of people that are that just kind of stumped on on what to do. They've got their they got their site, they've got their uh, their investment, they've got their personnel, and they're like, how do we click go? So that, that does make sense for a lot of people. I've um, I've actually spoken to a couple of people about you before as well. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. Please, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And so there's no there's no kind of looming plans to do your own strains commercially, anything like that. Look, it's an important point to make, not one I dwell on, but, but you know, we certainly never intend to compete with our customers. Our customers are the licensed cultivators. So we're not here busy growing flowers. That's not mm. what we do. We mm -hmm. provide, you know, I know there's some examples overseas where people, or even locally, where people, unfortunately, they have to start competing with their customers. I don't think that's the business model. We're a nursery. Of course, we know that there are, you know, breeding opportunities and we will be looking at those in time. But again, if you go back to the Holy Trinity and certainly to the, the immediate needs of growers, licensed growers, it's, you know, profile, yield, consistency. So, so that's what we're delivering. Um, but of course, we welcome, uh, you know, people like you and the smart geneticists and of course, you know, technologies like molecular breeding. Um, I think they... they they, they, there is a lot of blue sky out there, but I guess, as you know, um, time is right now to be moving, um, certainly as, as the industry um, shifts a gear. I mean, again, it's wonderful to see that patients and, you know, you guys are going to be up here for the upcoming symposium, um, but we're just geared at how do we help the industry because um, we think Australia and the growers here um, deserve better. Um, and uh, to your point, um, you know, just a private entity, we're able to do it. So, so yeah. No, it's great. And uh, you are a partner for the uh, upcoming United in Compassion Symposium. So, you know, great to see um, Standard Botanic, um, you know, partnering with, with such an important event in, um, in everyone's calendar. But, um, but yeah, so I assume, um, have you got any uh, time carved out to, to sort of share with the industry um, you know, tales of, of your latest venture? Or if, will you get an opportunity to do that at the at the symposium? Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm excited too. Looking forward to it. Look forward to meeting you both in person, uh, obviously. But um, I, I do, you know, there's, there's a spot there. I think I'm, I'm up with a few of the, the other names where really just to look at the opportunities. I, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, what we discussed a bit earlier is if you're going to be good at something, be good at what you're good at in terms of if you're going to be a grower, and you're already a good farmer or you want to move into that space, I think focus on that core strength. Don't then try and be a manufacturer uh, or, or, you know, yes, if you want to partly wrap a brand around it. But I think that's where, you know, if you're going to be a good cultivator and that's what you want to focus on, then that's where Standard Botanic um, can help you. So I guess possibly, you know, what I'm trying to suggest to people, it's only a suggestion because, you know, I'm just playing my little part in this industry is, just start to focus on your core strengths. Like it's a bit of a no-brainer, but don't be a you know jack of all trades, master of none. Be really good at your core strength. And I just happen to believe we are very good at that in Australia. We are good at growing things. So hopefully we'll welcome you up with a bit, bit of sunshine. It's only a few days away. And uh, you know, again, look, Lucy Haslam and, and her family who, who again have been one of the driving strengths because it is the patient well-being. Unfortunately for them, they had a personal, you know, personal side to this. But it is that ultimately we're here to help the patients, but if we can help the farmers to help the patients, I think we'll be an even better, better step. I totally agree with, uh, with that philosophy. 
you know, take care of the plants that tends to take care of the patients. So yeah, that's no, good stuff, Adam. Thank you. We're very excited to, um, to meet you. And it has looked like Queensland has, um, you know, just looking behind you, I was expecting to see, you know, flooded yeah. rivers and, you know, maybe a few waterfalls and some things, but it's, it's a bit drier than I was expecting. So that's, uh, that's good news for all the attendees. We'll still yeah, bring, uh, bring my Victorian, you know, weather. gum boots, yeah, gum boots <laughs> and poncho and you sort of dress for all seasons down here in Melbourne. But um, no, look thanks. Good so thinking either way. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks so much for your time, Adam. We'll uh, yeah look forward to um, to catching up in person and um, and good luck with everything at Standard Botanic. I'm sure we'll um, we'll speak again on the potty soon. Yeah, real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you both. All the best. No thanks, worries, Adam. Cheers. Bye.